Welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals, and the greater community. Today, we welcome James Andrews to the uh, episode. James is an exercise physiologist, passionate about jiu-jitsu, martial arts, and keeping fit and healthy. Welcome, James. Thanks for having me, Pip. Uh, long-time listener, first-time guest. So Perfect. Pleasure to be here. You'll be great. Um, so today we're going to take a deep dive into the importance of resistance training for injury prevention rather than just reacting when we're injured. That's great. So tell me the difference between injury prevention and injury rehabilitation. Yeah, so I think um, a lot of people when it comes to resistance training, they're pretty good at sort of connecting the dots between, you know, resistance training and injury rehabilitation. Um, but I think if we can sort of re- reframe our mindset around resistance training to more of a, an injury prevention strategy as opposed to just a solution for when we're injured, um, and I guess today we'll talk a little bit about how we can sort of change our mindset from sort of that reactive approach to a more proactive approach. Um, and then, yeah, we can talk some more sort of practical applications of that later in the, in the podcast. So people get injured because you can obviously have your trips and falls, but um, muscle weakness yeah. and, and lack of strength, is that what we're, what we're talking about? Absolutely. So I think that's one of the key sort of benefits of resistance training is it increases the the load tolerance of our of our muscles not only our muscles but you know our tendons ligaments bones um, and that's kind of the idea is we want to make ourselves more resilient to these types of types of injuries um, that happen so frequently and the prevention is you know we're not just talking athletes are we we're talking the everyday person the, the casual jogger or even someone that maybe walks 5k's every morning yeah, absolutely. I think people are probably, uh, they probably look at resistance training and go, well, you know, I'm not an athlete or I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't need to be doing that. Um, but I would argue it's probably even more important just for your everyday person who, you know, maybe they're just an office worker or someone who goes for a casual walk. Um, it's still important for them to be doing resistance training, not only for injury prevention, but just for everyday health. So how does it help us then? So I think um, how it helps us is, as I kind of just sort of touched on, it is that preventative um, preventative measure. So um, I think we need to sort of steer away from the idea that resistance training is only for when we're injured. So, you know, to use an example, you know, maybe you've got a, a recreational footballer who, you know, trains twice a week and plays on the weekend, you know, maybe they uh, tear their hamstring or uh, maybe they tear their calf while playing netball, if you'd be uh, familiar with that. <laughs> who do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, they sustain this injury and they go, right, I need to see a physio, I need to get myself right so I can get back to playing football. So they'll, you know, see the physio, the physio will say, yep, you need to do some strength work um, so we can get you back as quick as possible. Um, so what will commonly happen is they'll, they'll, they'll do their strength work, they might get referred up to the, the EP department here at TSIC and we'll look after them and then, you know, after six to eight weeks they might 
feel like they're ready to go back and play. Um, and then they go, I'm fixed. I don't need to do this anymore. Um, <clears throat> I'm good to go. The chances are, you know, we're probably going to see them again later down the track because, as we know, particularly with soft tissue injuries, um, the chances of re-injury are pretty high, um, particularly if we're not doing that extra strength work to, I guess, complement our given sport or occupation. So if we could just um, prevent that injury from happening in the first place um, by doing regular, consistent resistance training um, before the injury happens, um, that's a big benefit. And I think that's that goes a long way to keeping us on the park or keeping us at work um, and preventing that time on the sidelines. And it's interesting that stopping the rehab, you know, you do get to a point where you're pain-free and you can function so you feel like you can go out and play again. Yeah, exactly right. But if the testing's done, like I know you guys do a fair bit of testing on each side of the body depending on the injury and um, you can still be very weak on that injured side. Absolutely, yeah. I think the the body is very good at, at compensating. So if we do have weak areas, you know, other muscle, you know, if we do have a, a weak hamstring per se on, on the left side, you know, other muscles, you know, are, are going to pick up the slack per se and, and they're going to um, – compensate for that weakness so it might not feel like you have a weakness um, but when we as you said when we do our testing we we can identify that pretty clearly and I think it's important to understand that you know we can build someone up in in terms of their strength but those those strength gains are, are transient meaning you know they don't last forever if you don't use it you lose it um, everyone loves a good catchphrase that rhymes. We all um, know that. We don't just yeah. – we don't always practice what we preach. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if, you, if you're not doing at least some form of maintenance work um, to maintain that strength that you've gained, um, the chances are, you know, th- those strength gains will deteriorate over time. And I think there's been a bit of a myth that, you know, women that do strength training are going to bulk up and that's not necessarily – what a lot of the population of women want to do, but that's not how it works. No, no, not necessarily. And I think, um, you know, different types of training, like obviously if that was a goal, it's definitely possible. Um, but a lot of other factors come into that as well, such as, you know, your diet and what you're eating and your protein intake and those kinds of things. Um, but when we're talking injury prevention, we're typically talking strength training um, and that's more of a neurological adaptation as opposed to that physical adaptation of, of gaining muscle mass. Um, sure, you might gain a, a small amount of muscle mass, but what we're looking more for is is the strength gain, um, and that's what makes our muscles and, and tendons, ligaments more uh, resilient to injuries. And over the um, recent years, there's been an increase in the ageing population doing strength training. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so it's it's important as we as we get older um, to maintain some level of strength. Um, typically, as as we age, um, the unfortunate reality is we tend to lose muscle mass and we um, and and gain fat mass. That's just a, a, a normal process of aging. Um, but the way we can combat that is through regular, um, consistent, progressive resistance training. Um, not only just to maintain the muscle mass, but also to um, maintain some level of strength, which then correlates to, you know, better function and and better outcomes. And how does that assist with coordination, um, bone 
strength in women, that types of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so when we're looking at, at, at bone strength, um, you know, a, another another common thing as we age is we start to lose bone mineral density and again you know we won't touch we won't go too much into this but you know again that can come back to you know dietary interventions but um we can use exercise to prevent these age-related changes um particularly um there's a lot of research nowadays into um like impact training so doing some low level plyometric type resistance exercises so things such as hopping jumping these kinds of things which we don't typically do as we get older um, can actually help combat that um, loss in bone mineral density so it's definitely important um, as we age to continue to do some form of of strength training and what sorts of things are you recommending then what you know we're not we don't want to become bodybuilders and what are you recommending yeah so i think um it's sort of you sort of want to make up the the crux of your training um, around sort of your big foundational movements, utilizing the big muscle groups. So um, you know we call these your your bang for your buck exercises. So typically when I'm uh, programming someone. Um, like sorry writing someone a a resistance program i'll sort of break it into two categories um so the first category is your your general physical preparation training or gpp um basically what this um involves is um those sort of non-specific um movements such as you know your squats your deadlifts your push pull exercises um any kind of weighted carry lunges these kinds of things that our foundation movements um that utilize all the major muscle groups in the body um yeah just getting them as as strong as possible so we have that foundation level of strength i would say these these movements should make up sort of you know 80 percent of your of your program um as i said they're they're your sort of best bang for your buck exercises you know if you can only get into the gym twice a week these are the movements you want to be doing the most of um and then the second category is moving more into sort of specific um physical preparation so spp and i guess this is probably more tailored towards people who engage in in sport or some particular hobby or activity or or occupation um and this is basically the specific movements exercises muscles that you're utilizing um for your given sport or occupation so for example you know if you're a tennis player it's probably a good idea to be doing some form of rotator cuff strengthening because you know the rotator cuffs that are under a lot of load Um, if you're a golfer it's probably a good idea to be doing some form of rotational exercise because obviously that rapid golf swing a lot of trunk rotation Um, if you're a bricklayer it's probably a good idea to be doing some exercises um, below knee level you know lifting lifting loads from the floor these kinds of things Um, to use myself as an example um, in jiu-jitsu a lot of the time you're on the floor you know it's a, it's a grappling martial art where the objective is to get your opponent to the floor um so i'm doing a lot of exercises on the floor off my back i might be doing a chest press off the floor i might be doing lots of exercises from a kneeling position um in saying that 
all matches start from a standing position. So I'm still including a lot of standing exercises because that's specific to my sport and I need to be strong in those particular areas. So I guess it comes back to what your goals are and what you're doing. Um, but I would say as a general rule, 80% of your, of your program should be made up of those general movements and then getting a little bit more specific with um, those yeah, specific movements or actions and positions depending on what you do. Yeah, it's interesting because you talked about tennis and golf and um, certainly all ages of the population can play tennis and, and golf and, you know, golf can be quite easy on the body as you for people that are retired, can't they? It's not a, not a running sport anymore or high. But, you know, the deadlifts and the squats, they are for all age groups. Yeah. Whether you're that teenager or you're the, you know, 80-year-old retiree, um, whereas traditionally I think people go deadlift. I wouldn't, I'm not doing a deadlift. I'm not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Exactly right. And I think, you know, particularly if you are, you know, you, you might say, well, I'm a golfer. Why do I need to be deadlifting 80 kilos? Um, and the idea is, you know, we are, we're wanting to build up the tolerance of our body. So deadlifts, you know, we're obviously working the legs, but we're also working the muscles in our lower back, you know, golfing, you know, pretty common to have, you know, lower back issues with all that rotation. So if we can build up, you know, if we can sort of overload our muscles in a safe environment in the gym, um, it's going to make our muscles more resilient to injuries out on the golf course. Yeah, fantastic. It is, you know, I've played netball for some time and I know when I um, are starting to fatigue, I feel it in different parts of my legs. Like, you know, normally you do feel it in your glutes because you hopefully got those switched on and you're using them. But when you start to fatigue, you do start to feel it in your hamstrings and even your calf. It is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think sometimes when you're feeling that fatigue, maybe – you know, you can also, you know, you can almost flip the script and say maybe they're the muscles that are working the hardest, you know. Maybe if your hamstrings are feeling really fatigued and tired, maybe they're overworking and maybe your glutes are, are the issue. You know, it's a, sometimes it can be a little bit of a puzzle um, and that's why it's, it's, uh, it's important to seek the right advice. Um, there's a lot of good information out there on the internet, but there's also a lot of bad information. So it is important to get that, uh, I guess, expert advice. And particularly for the individualised advice, if you've got other um, previous history of illness or injury or that, you know, people need to be aware of yep. before they take up exercise uh, to this level. Absolutely. What um, what's So how many times a week, how long, how often? Yeah, so I, I, I want to make this as, as practical as possible. I, I hope people listening, if you might be a complete novice and you've never done resistance training um, I hope you can sort of walk away from this and have a bit of an idea but um, yeah we'll touch on I guess some training variables uh, and just some basic tips so as I've just sort of touched on I think it, it is important to get advice um, from some form of exercise professional whether that's a, a an EP or a physio or a, a strength coach or, or someone like that um, just to get you on the right path even if it's just for a, a one or two sessions um, my number one bit of advice I reckon for starting out would be try and develop a little bit of a routine. So it's it's easy to form a habit when you, when you I guess, um, pick a day and time and say, this is the day I'm going to do it. You're a lot more likely to actually do it as opposed to, uh, I woke up at 
9am today, I don't, don't really feel like training. It's, it's a lot easier to, to skip it. So first and foremost, try and formulate a bit of a routine and be consistent with it. Um, in terms of frequency, um, I would say a minimum of two times a week um, with your resistance training. Um, and that, that falls in line with the Australian um, physical activity guidelines. It says that all Australian adults should be doing two days of resistance training a week, utilising the major muscle groups. So I think probably people get caught up when they think resistance training, they think, oh, I need to do a, a split program where I'm working, you know, my chest on Monday and my legs on Tuesday. My advice would be just do full body workouts twice a week to start off and just see how you go because we want to just build up um, that foundation level of strength. Don't worry too much about the specific um, body parts. Just pick one or two exercises from each muscle group um, and, yeah, twice a week. I would say that's that's a good starting point. Your duration sessions, I, I don't think duration is super important. I think anything from 30 to 60 minutes is, is more than adequate. You can get a good workout in in 20 minutes if you if you put your mind to it. Um, so don't be too hung up on, on time. Time probably becomes a bit more of a factor when we're talking about heavy resistance training, such as, you know, strength training when we're really looking to, to improve our strength um, because this is where we're lifting those heavy loads. We're doing less repetitions, but we're allowing more rest between our sets. So that's where time probably becomes a little bit more of a factor. Um, in terms of your load, like your load and your sets and reps and those kinds of things, it probably comes back to your goals and, and the specific demands of your sport. So if strength's a goal, you know, we're looking at heavy loads, anywhere from sort of 80% of your max, um, low repetitions, so anywhere from, anywhere from sort of one to six reps and, you know, three to five sets allowing three to five minutes of rest in between. Whereas with your sort of power training, like if you're, you know, with the Olympics at the moment, if you're a sprinter or someone who's looking at more explosiveness, um, we're probably looking at lighter loads, but focusing more on speed and velocity. Um, so in terms of like sets and reps, probably around that sort of one to eight rep mark is a good starting point. Um, and then, yeah, sets anywhere from sort of three to five. I won't go too much into all the other types of training, but um, just be clear on what your goals are and, and, and um, yeah, what your ultimate aim is. So um, if they're not a sports player and they're doing it just for life health, yeah. how does the load sets and reps go for that type of person? Yeah, so if you're, like if you're just starting out, you might be looking at sort of a higher rep range and a lower load mm -hmm. um, just because we don't want to throw you in there and go, all right, you know, let's do 80% of our max because um, that, that's also a, a great way to get injured. So, <laughs> then, then they'll definitely be doing rehab and not yes, prevention. <laughs> exactly right. So I guess the, the key is start low and progress slow. Um, so, you know, you might be doing 50% of your maximum to start um, in a rep range of anywhere from sort of 8 to 12. That's probably a good good um, starting point. Um but then, yeah, as we get sort of more advanced, and if you are an athlete, that's when we can start looking at more of that heavy um, resistance training. Um, one key point is your training does need to be progressive. Um, you can't just continue to lift the same weights and do the same sets and reps over and over and over and expect different results. Um, as you get stronger, you need to make the exercises more challenging. So we call that progressive overload. The way to do that is via either increasing the load 
um, increasing the, the reps, increasing the sets, um, but just making sure that you're doing it in a slow um, and controlled manner. Yeah. It's interesting what you said too about the routine and the habit. I know when, you, when you're in a team, it's easy to go, all right, on a Monday night at this time I play netball or on a Thursday night I go to football training. But once it becomes a individual thing, it's so much um, harder sometimes to really commit for yourself. Yeah. But when you've got that team, so also maybe teeing up with a, a buddy or someone, you know, another family member or friend that you're sort of then committing to. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's that's very important. I think especially in the current climate with lockdowns and those kinds of things where training's been cancelled and the gym's shut down and these kinds of things, try and um, keep accountable by, yeah, getting a friend. Like you're, you're a lot less likely to skip. I know if I've organised to meet up with a friend and do some exercise, I'm a lot less likely to say, oh, can't be bothered because I feel bad yeah. on, on skipping. So that's a great tip, I think, if you can – get someone to do it with you, um, that'll keep you accountable. Otherwise, sure. otherwise, it's very easy to stay in bed where it's warmer at the Absolutely. moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially with the, the weather the way it is at the moment, for sure. We're nearly there. It's nearly springtime. Nearly, nearly. <laughs> one more month. <laughs> Thank you. What else have you got? Any any other tips for us today? Um, I think we've covered most of it. I think um, one other thing is, you know, don't try and overcomplicate it. Um, you know, you can scroll through – Instagram and you'll see lots of fancy exercises. Um, just stick to the basics, particularly if you are, you know, new to exercise. Just stick to the basics, those fundamental movements that are sort of touched on, your squats, deadlifts, push, pull. These types of movements, they should make up the crux of your workout. If you find you're getting bored, look for variations of those same exercises. So, for an you know, example, if you're doing back squats and you've been doing back squats for six weeks, you're getting a bit bored, maybe mix it up and find a variation of that exercise. So maybe we can do Bulgarian squats or um, a single leg squat. You know, it keeps it keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting, but it also keeps it challenging. Um, and it's, you know, it's providing a different stimulus to the body. Um, granted, it's still the same movement pattern, but it's just um, different stimulus. So, um, yeah, stick to the basics. Don't overcomplicate it. Be as consistent as possible. Um, and, yeah, that, that's probably my, my key bit of advice. How quickly will people start to see results from their training in this, in this you know, prevention type of situation? Yeah, like when we're looking at strength gains, I think most of the literature will say sort of six weeks minimum before you start to see, you know, any sort of significant change. I think you'll, you'll probably start to notice um, just change like subjectively, but from an objective perspective, it's probably around that six-week mark. Granted, you're doing all the right things and you're consistent. Um, but I, I reckon subjectively you'll, you'll notice a difference two, three weeks in. Um, in terms of injury prevention, it's it's one of those things where y- you probably, you might not even really notice anything, but you might notice that you, you're able to run through a whole season and not, not be injured and you're noticing little niggles that you're getting on top of earlier um, as opposed to just letting them... Um, you know, become these bigger things. Mm. Let's let's put out the little grass fire before it becomes an inferno. Um, you know, with the if you're noticing a little niggle, instead of shying away and resting, let's get in the gym and, and let's address it and prevent that from being a a big issue that keeps you on the sidelines. Yeah, and also as we're aging, it really does help people think about the 
day-to-day things in their life, getting up and down from a chair, um, you know, even if they have a little slip but they've got the strength to actually stop themselves from properly falling over. Absolutely. Even getting out of bed. Yeah. So there's some day-to-day activities, carrying groceries. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I think. And that's... That's when you, that's the really encouraging part of it is when you start to notice those little wins and those little improvements um, because it makes a, the, the cumulative effect of that is, is pretty big. And even for grandparents with new grandchildren, they really need to stay strong because those little babies yep. grow up pretty quickly but still want to be carried. That one yep. and two-year-old is quite a heavy child for uh, for those grandparents out there who may yep. not have been doing some strength training. Yeah, absolutely. I've got nieces and nephews that are growing up at the moment and even I find myself uh, <laughs> struggling <laughs> from time to time. They grow up so fast. So, um Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much for being with us today. Um, Prevention is certainly much better than than the rehab side of it, which can take you out of your sport and take you out of enjoying everyday life. So thanks again. Thanks for having me, Pippa. If you have a topic you would like covered, get in touch via our socials. The contact details can be found in the episode notes. If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.